0: Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. So today we are continuing our sermon series uh, in the series Faith at Work. And we'll be looking in James 3. We've already covered chapters 1 and 2. This summer, we're making our way through James, and James is such a a gifted writer. Uh, He is anointed by the Lord, and uh, he has some great things to say for us. And in this short uh, matter of a few weeks, um, we know that he is a matter-of-fact kind of writer. He just kind of tells it like it is. He's just going to tell you, and, and it is what it is. He is concerned with our spiritual maturity. He is concerned about our spiritual development. He wants us to be good disciples of Christ. He doesn't feel like he needs to tiptoe or sugarcoat anything he says, but he said this is the way it is, and this is what he does in James. He has a heart to lead uh, the city. Uh, he's, he has a heart to lead God's people, the church, and he is wanting to teach the new believers as well as the established believers uh, a more righteous way of life and how to live and how to be pleasing unto God. So today, we're going to see where James addresses a problem in society and it's also in the church and it's how fitting today. Today is a weekend that we celebrate our freedom. One of those freedoms we have is a a freedom of speech where we can say uh, what's on our hearts and what's on our minds uh, in a country that we're not penalized for that. However, it doesn't say that we can say what we want to say without consequence sometimes and our words Uh, have meaning and our words have action so James talks about it today and as I mentioned James is kind of a matter of fact uh, a preacher so today uh, he is going to be talking about taming the tongue. all right it's going to be fun just hang on we're going to make it Uh, turn to your neighbor and say give it to me James both barrels I can take it (laughs) now men turn to your wives and tell them listen up to James's message about the tongue." all right now, men, uh, you turn to your wives and uh, say, you listen double hard. Maybe you need to uh, download the app and take notes. All right? <laughs> As James gets into this discourse about the tongue, he begins to talk about the goodness and the evilness of the tongue. And when he's talking about the tongue, you have to understand there he's not necessarily talking about the tongue or the words, but he's talking about where those words come from. Now, let's look at James 3, and he begins by in the Scripture verse 1 by saying, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect able to keep their whole body in check. But we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are very large, they're driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It, is, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless, evil, full of deadly poison. Now, that's kind of direct, isn't it? James is kind of telling it like it is. With the tongue, we praise our Lord, our Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. He's talking about the hypocrisy of our mouth and our words. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grape tree bear figs? Neither a salt spring can produce fresh water. Now, Lord, I pray that you would take your word that we just read. I pray that you would put it in our hearts. Let us dwell on it. Teach us. Teach us something in our practical everyday lives that we can learn to help us to grow closer and closer like you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we caught what James says. He says the tongue is both good and evil. It can bring harm on one hand, but it can also bring healing on the other. It can build up or it can tear down. Now, obviously, we're talking about the words we speak. Matthew 12, 34 says it like this. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And that's what James is really getting at. He's getting at not necessarily the words we say, but where those words come from, uh, the motivation behind those words, the meaning behind that word, and where our heart is. Now, I would never take away or add anything to the Scripture because Scripture is complete. It's God's Word. It's inspired by Him. We believe it. We believe all of it. But I would like to offer up a commentary on this verse I just read to you. I just read to you that for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In our society, I would say for our text messages, speaks what the heart is full of. Our emails speak what the heart is full of or what we affirm or what we repost or what we like speaks what the heart is full of. So we have to be careful uh, what we do with our words, our actions, and and what is portrayed to others, Uh, really our communications with others, even body language sometimes. We have to be careful about that. So we know that our words can have actions, We are in a society, a country where we can speak freely, but we do know that when we do that, we have to be responsible for what we say. And even in our culture today, it seems like whoever can speak the loudest has the most influence. Whoever can speak loudest feels like they can have the more truth to it, and that's not always the case. Now, have you ever said something and immediately when you said it, you knew you shouldn't have said it and you wish you could have taken it back? we all have. Or how many of you have said something, not even realizing that it was harmful to another until the damage was done. And then when we really think about it and inspect our hearts, we say, man, where did that come from? I really don't feel that way, but, but something made that come out. You know, we've all been there. We've done that. Um, one of the earliest things we teach our children is how to use their words properly. What to say, what not to say. And sometimes that's a tough lesson with little kids, right? Because they're just going to say what's in their mind. They don't have that filter yet. Uh, They can even embarrass us with their words. Have you ever been embarrassed by your kids' words? Okay. Uh, Let me tell you how old school I am. I know what Irish spring tastes like, okay? I'm that old school. (laughs) Because I have said some things that my parents said, no, you're not saying that again, and they teach me that lesson, and I never say it again. Well, you know, as a children's pastor I've heard quite a few things interesting things especially when I ask for a prayer requests okay does anybody have any prayer requests today and uh one time I had a little girl raise her hand. she said I need you to pray for my mom my mommy said some bad words this morning because her jeans wouldn't button <laughs> uh, uh, just a few weeks ago Rhonda and I were at a restaurant and uh we were eating and uh a family from our church was there that had a small child, and uh, we were close enough that we could kind of talk back and forth, and they had just come back from a vacation. They had gone skiing and snow tubing and all those fun things, and we were asking them how it was, and the little child said, well, my mommy got a little mad, and so the mom felt like she had to explain what had happened, and she said, well, you know, they have these little uh, conveyor belts that you have to get on and hold on to to go up to the top of the hill to tube down, and... Um, the, the, the teenage boys that were working there were being a little bit ornery about their little child and they weren't going to let her ride. They, may, they wanted her to ride it by herself. She was not comfortable doing that. And so the mom says, I want to go with her and help her. And they said, ma'am, you can't do that. She has to do it on her own. And the mom said, well, you just watch because I'm getting my backside on that conveyor and we're going up the hill. And so after she said that the little girl come running over to our table, she said, she didn't say backside. <laughs> I'll tell you one more. It's a true story also. There was a family of four, a mom and a dad, boy and girl, and they had uh, stopped by to pick up a teenager uh, on the way to a church event. On the way, they had to get gas, so the dad gets out and gets gas, and uh, up until then, everything was fine in the car. They were talkative, and everything was just jovial. When he gets back in the car, it's dead silent, nothing. And he's like, "Well, well, I wonder what happened here. Come to find out. A little teenage girl was suffering with a little bit of acne like a lot of teenage girls do and, and come to find out, one of the kids in the car said, you know what my mom and dad said? They said, well, you would be pretty if it wasn't for your face. Yeah, yeah. You ever been in those moments? Those teaching moments? You know, James is telling us that sometimes in our words, they'll get us in trouble. And we have to be very careful what we say, how we say it, perhaps when we say it. This past semester, uh, Rhonda and I hosted a small group. It was one of the funnest small groups we've done. And the name of the small group was Doing Life with Your Adult Children. And one of the chapters there talked about knowing when to speak, when not to speak, how to speak to your adult children. And the the name of the, the chapter was Keep Your Mouth Shut and the Doormat Out. I think I've got a picture of that night there, uh, when we learned. Huh. And the premise is this, as adults with grown children, if we're not careful, our words of advice, no matter how good we think they are, or our need to feel like we need to set people straight, can come across as criticism. And if you criticize your children enough, they'll just quit coming around. Hence, if you can learn to control your tongue, then leave your doormat out. They'll come around more often. And we had a great time in that group, and uh, we learned quite a bit. Uh, And I will say, we've had quite a number of people say that they want to uh, join that group. We we filled up pretty fast. So this fall, look for it again. Matter of fact, some of these here are going to have to take a refresher course okay, because they haven't learned it. And after church today, if you need a little help in this, I have some tape for you that you can get. I've got this one. I've got a wider one. You might need the wider one. Uh, Also, I've got something else here. You might even need this, you know. But all fun aside, when we talk about controlling our tongue, we have to realize what we say matters. There is power in our words. There is power in how we say our words, when we say our words. And James here is trying to teach us that we need to learn how to control it. We need to know how to, you be in charge of your tongue, not let your tongue be in charge of you. You be in charge of your words, and don't let those words control you. Those words that want to tend to creep up from the bottom of those recesses of your heart and your soul uh, that you're still working on. Those areas in your life that, okay, you might need a little work on. So he says here that we are to control ourselves. Now, it takes great control and discipline to control your words. Um, it takes a, a lot of work. It takes time. It takes wisdom. It takes prayer. And there's a lot of things we'll talk about a little bit later. But I, I want to let you know that your, your words matter. They, they matter. And, and your words, you don't ever know how much impact your words could have how hurtful they can be, or how widespread they can be. Obviously, when you're on a platform uh, like this speaking, it's more widespread. You have to be careful, and that's what James says. Be careful who, is, who, if, who of you want to be a teacher, small group leader, and those things. You've got to learn to control your tongue. But they have wide effect. Just ask a lady one day who went on a rant with her words, with her actions, uh, using all kinds of language, and she was in felt like she was entitled, and today, because of her, people named Karen all over the world are being criticized. (laughs) So you never know what your words will say. So let's look at the scripture and see what James says about our words. First of all, he says there is power in the tongue, verses 1 through 8 of chapter 3 that we read just a few minutes ago. People want to be heard What better way to be heard than to have a platform to teach or speak to others? Yet James urges us to consider, first of all, are you ready for that? Have you been able to control what you say and how you say it to others? And he says that those that are in a position to lead others and talk with others, especially are going to be held accountable unto the Lord for what they say and what they do. And he says that... He just comes around and says, a lot of you don't need to be preachers and teachers. I can tell you that right now. He knew him, and, and so he says, a lot of you don't need to do that because when you get up and you speak God's word, but then you turn around and you speak ill of others, then it does more harm than it does good. So, as a believer, being a witness of Christ in our workplace or in our schools, we need to realize that when we're a representative of the Lord and speaking for him and trying to tell others the Lord, we need to be careful what we say when we're out of that setting because people are listening and watching. Uh, If you're a school teacher, your children are listening every single moment. Everything you say, they hear. If you're a supervisor or a boss, uh, your employees are listening when you're on the clock or when you're off the clock. If you're a parent, know that your kids are listening to every conversation, all your words, the phone conversations where they can hear one side of them, they're listening and they're learning about conversation. So James says this, control the tongue, control the man. That's wise wisdom, he says for us. And it is amazing what a healthy speech life can do to your relationships. And it's also very uh, revealing what an unhealthy speech life can do to a relationship Couples who are constantly cutting each other down or destroying each other, their relationship deteriorates and they don't last. But couples who lift one another up and they are uh, uh, happy for one another and they are on the same page. you Those are the ones who last. And James is saying when you get your speech right, your life can go right. So he says control the tongue and control the man. Now, he illustrates this with a couple of illustrations in the passage we just looked at. He says it's like a horse. A horse is a powerful animal, and it's fast and it's strong, but it can be tamed. It can be bridled. You can put the bridle in its mouth, and with that, you can show it and tell it which direction to go simply by pulling on the reins of that horse. And he says, so a powerful horse can be tamed simply by that little bit that goes in the mouth. And he says, just like ships, ships are huge, they're heavy. And they're big. But in comparison, the rudder is just a small part of that ship. And it can control the direction that ship goes in. You can have a big ship. Uh, with the sails and the winds that are blowing up, but without a rudder, it goes uh, astray. It can't be guided and directed. And, and James says that that's the way our tongue is. If our tongue is in the right direction and it's pleasing and it's moving towards God, the rest of us will follow. Our actions will follow. Our attitudes will follow. But we've got to get this right. We've got to get this thing right, James says. And he also says that big things come from the tiny tongue. And he, he illustrates that with a fire. He says a wildfire can be caused by a small spark. The same spark that you'll use to get your grill going tomorrow, to grill hamburgers and hot dogs and all the good stuff, is, can, that same spark can be used, if, uh, if it's used wrong and it's carelessly, it can set a forest fire, do all kinds of destruction and damage. Our words are like that. Our words can build each other up or our words can destroy And so we have to be careful what we say and how we say it. Better than anything else, I would say this. The tone displays the state of our heart. You can know a lot about a people when you listen to them, listen to their language, listen to what they say. Uh, And I'm not just talking about profanity or cursing. I'm just talking about the way they use their words. Are they critical words? Are they harmful words? Are they uh, judgmental words And so when we begin to listen, we can tell what's in the heart, James says. And he says that in the heart is where you'll find the true essence or the true motivation behind our words. Then James also says there is hypocrisy within our tongue. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring forth and produce fresh water. So James is saying that there is a tendency for us to, well, we call it talking out of both sides of your mouth. You know, that's kind of an expression we got. Or maybe we even kind of want to tone it down a little bit and say, I'm gonna bless them out. And that doesn't make sense, right? You're gonna tell them up, but you're gonna bless them out, you know? So we have to be careful that, and we see what James is teaching here. James is saying, we wanna say what's right. We wanna do what's right. But sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't come out like we want it to. Or sometimes, you know, something just wells in us, an area there that, that we that we haven't fully got, got under the blood of Christ that just, that wants to come out. And he says, We can one minute be in God's house and worshiping him, and then another minute we'll be outside of it talking bad about his own creation, people who are made in his own image. I would not want to talk bad about anyone because I'm actually talking about God. people that God created. We are all created in God's image. God created us so it would be dangerous for us to say things against one another knowing that they are just created just like God. So James says it's entirely possible for that to happen. But the two don't mix. One's going to overpower the other. One's going to want to be more dominant than the other. And so James says that we should always be on the path to try to keep our language uh, holy, keep our language appropriate, keep our language encouraging to one another, loving one another. You know, it's easy to talk bad about things We're not all happy with the way things are going. Some are, some aren't. And we won't all agree on anything. But James is saying that what we should do is make sure that what we say is a reflection of Christ within us. Amen? Now, can I take a little side trail here? Just just for a minute, and we'll get back on track in a minute. I'd like to say this. Parents, be careful what your children see and hear in your home. Be careful of the things they watch. Be careful of the video games they play. Be careful of everything because that is teaching them to communicate. Uh, so be careful. You know, you may have to take a little time to turn off a program. If you hear something that's not right, it's not pleasing, or check their devices and and I'm a firm believer of, of monitoring those devices, those emails and those things. As long as they're in your house, you can do that. You know, God says that, you know, they will one day stand and account for what they're doing, but while they're in the house, we can help them with that, amen? So we have to be careful of that. But he says that hypocrisy should not be the case. He is not saying that if you have language that's not pleasing, that, that you're not a believer. We love Jesus there are just some things we got to work on, right? You know, we all love Christ, and he says, because when he addresses this, first thing he says, my brothers, in other words, my fellow believers, you, you're a, he's writing to church people. He's writing to church people. He's saying, okay, church people, here's some things we got to work on. we got to work on the way we talk, you know, because it's not helpful to the kingdom of God. So I say that to say this. There are areas in our life that we have to work on constantly. We love the Lord. We we want the Lord to work in our lives, but there are things that we have to really work out and work. Sometimes we have to work very hard. Some people might have to work a little harder than others, you know, on some things, but that's okay. Here, you need all of Sonia. Here you go. You you need that one too. And hey, will you give give her this? All right, there you go. All right. <laughs> James is saying, listen, don't be afraid to work on those things. Recognize it. Know it. Figure it out. When you have an issue, confront it and ask God to help you with that. So he is saying here that these two don't go together. Bad language, bad speech, bad words, and good words. We ought to be growing in our speech. Now, Perhaps better than anything else, the tongue reveals the already but not yet nature of our sanctification. In other words, when we accept Christ, he saves us, he forgives us. But we start a journey, we call it sanctification, being more like Christ and being clean, set apart is what that means. But it's not something that happens immediately. You come down this altar, you accept Christ, but then you start a journey. Uh, We say it like this. It's probably easier to understand. I'm not who I used to be, but I'm not who I'm going to be. We're in a journey. All of us are on a journey. We're somewhere on that journey. I don't talk like I used to, praise the Lord, but I still don't talk like I need to talk sometimes. We're in that spectrum, and my goal is today is that we learn where we are and that we get better every single week that we learn and that we progress in our sanctification of him. Now, James says something that when I looked at it, I said, man, that's that's pretty harsh. He says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You know, I read that, and I'm like, oh, man, that doesn't give me any hope, does it? What he's saying is that man cannot tame the tongue, but you need a little help. That help comes from the Lord. It helps comes from Jesus. You know, I, I looked into that, and I pulled up some YouTube videos this week about taming wild animals. And I saw some people that were kind of successful, some that not successful, some that aren't with us today because they tried to tame wild animals. But it gets to the point that, you know, our tongue, our words, our heart tends to want to do the wrong thing. It's called the sinful nature of man. When a child is born, you don't have to teach him to do wrong or to sin. You don't have to teach. They just automatically start at it, right? And you have to start a constant teaching of what's right, you know? Uh, they, they, they're going to they're, do something wrong, and they're going to lie to you, you know? My brother and I went to visit my grandfather one day, and uh, his neighbor had a beautiful pear tree, loaded with beautiful pears, and it just so happened that there was a stick there that looked just like a baseball bat to us. We picked up the sticks, and we started beating those pears off his tree. And we hit, I don't know how many home runs that day. I went to my grandfather's house, and my neighbor had already called. He said, boys, come here. I need to ask you something. I said, said, uh, did y'all beat those pears off of Mr. Hennessy's pear tree? And we, nobody had to tell us how to lie. We said, uh, we don't remember. It's in our nature. It's in our nature to want to say things that aren't pleasing. It's in our nature to want to say something bad about our brother or our sister when maybe they missed the mark a little bit. Or maybe they even did us wrong and we feel like they deserve it. That's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to lift one another up. He wants us to love one another. And so he says here, James says that Jesus is the source of the tongue's redemption. Jesus is the source. You want to have better language? You want to have better heart, better thoughts. You look to Him. Several things I want to give to you before we leave this morning. First of all, I'll ask Jesus to give you wisdom in your words. Christ, help me to know what I'm saying. Help me to know how I'm saying it. Give me wisdom to know what to say. You know, there, we get in situations that are stressful. We get in situations that we uh, sometimes we just don't know how to handle. And sometimes we don't say things just right. But we ask God, God, help me. Help me to have that kind of wisdom to do that. Then another one is, we find it in James 1. We read it earlier in this series. It says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. When you have that urge just to let it go, oh, hold it back. Let me be slow to speak, but let me listen quickly. I think when we do that, that will help us. And then another one is to think about your words before you speak them. You know, there, yesterday I uh, was doing something I had to stop and just think, okay, Lord, help me think about what I say or what I do. And then always honor God and others in your words. Always. Always. You know, I want my life to be one that encourages someone to join with me, not discourage them to go away from me. I think a lot of times in our human nature, in that sinful nature, we want others to know that we're right or that we have the right way or we do, and, and we, we actually do more harm than we do good. I think God wants us all in our words, in our heart, to, 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 to do what's pleasing unto him. And again, James is not necessarily talking about what you say. He's not talking about the, the physical tongue here. What he's talking about is the heart, what's in your heart. Will you stand with me? We're going to go to the Lord in prayer in just a moment. Our words matter. Every word matters. They're not to be used as weapons or darts, or digs, but to lift one another up. Our language is to be pleasing unto the Lord. We should speak to others as if we're speaking to God himself. That's what James refers to here. He says, how could you worship God, your father, and then harm his creation that was created in his image, just like him? You're all the image of Christ. So we need to be careful how we talk to Christ's image, God's image. I think James is wanting to get that lesson to us because he knows that if we get that right, the other parts of your life will be a whole lot easier. You get your language right in your marriage, your marriage would be a whole lot better you get your language right in the workplace you're going to be pleasing more to your boss and to the people you work for you get your language right in the schools you get better grades I think you're blessed because you're doing what's pleasing unto him but we cannot get our words right until our heart's right so I'm just going to ask you right now to bow your heads and close your eyes and I'm just gonna ask you this question. If, if you re- applies to you, raise your hands, and I'm gonna pray for you. How I many of you say, Pastor Andrick, I need help with my heart. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord right now. I need God to touch me, forgive me, save me, help me in some areas. Some areas are okay, but some areas are not. If that's you, would you just raise your hands so I can pray for you? God bless you. I say oh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of hands. I think this is an area that we all have to work on. Now, how many of you would say with me, Pastor Andrew, I want all my words to be pleasing unto the Lord. Will you raise your hand? That's me. Because the devil knows this. The devil knows that this area of our lives is an easy target for a lot of people. The devil knows that this area of our life is one that he can come at us and begin to erode our faith erode the good work that God has done with us so I'm going to pray right now and I'm going to ask God to do his work Lord first of all I pray for those who raised their hand that says my heart's not exactly right I need you Lord come into my heart forgive me Lord just create in me a new heart because I know that when my heart is right the words will be right and what I say will be right So, Lord, just forgive me, cleanse me right now. And I pray for all of us in this room that we'll be walking on a journey to be more and more like you, to have patience in our words, have healing in our words, have encouragement in our words. And, Lord, I just pray that you help us today to be pleasing unto you. That's our prayer. I thank you for this word. I thank you for a writer like James, who teaches us instructs us gives us discipline in our lives we take it we accept it we're going to put it in our hearts and let it help us this week we pray amen we hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give we'll see you next week